Hey, Jen, want to talk about misunderstanding orgasm? Uh, I don't understand the question. Great. Today we're responding to two listener questions about some misconceptions regarding orgasm. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome. And hey, Matt. Hey. Happy birthday. (laughs) I did not see that coming. (laughs) This (laughs) podcast is releasing on Matt's X number birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I think it's about 47 or something like that. I think. It's hard to remember after a certain point in life, right? (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I did not expect that uh, on the uh, episode today. Uh, What I wanted to, to say is we missed you all. We did. It was a very weird feeling last Monday to know that our voices were not out there. Um, we Last Monday was the first Monday in our new schedule of every other week podcast recordings. And so, yeah, we kind of missed y'all last week. But we heard from a lot of you, <laughs> yes, which we did. touched us so deeply. So many of you reached out in response to our last episode in which we announced um, that we were going to be doing the podcast every other week. And we shared with you personally um, just some struggles we had had. And it was just an outpouring of love. And we are so thankful. Yeah. So touching. So encouraging. Uh, We just appreciate you. Thank you all for um, taking the, the time that you did to write those notes, send the text messages, the emails. Yeah. Uh, we, we really deeply appreciate you, and it's it's just heartwarming to know that we are also appreciated. So yeah, thank you it, for it, that it, response. It, you know, it, this often can feel very one-sided. It's us and microphones. <laughs> That's um, right. But times like that makes it that you guys are the Intimate Covenant family, and yes. we're, we're thankful for you. We certainly are. Uh, certainly in are. the meantime, in between our last recording, or our last podcast release, Valentine's Day happened. And why is that special, We all Matt? know what that means. That means that the retreat registration is now open. Yeah. Uh, so we're super excited about that. We're very excited about this year's theme, and we're also uh, incredibly excited about this year's special guest Justin Gerhardt from Holy Ghost Stories podcast. And you guys are super excited because we are blown away to announce that we are nearly halfway full already in one week's time. Yeah, in one week we have uh, halfway filled our capacity uh, for the the, uh, uh, room that we have. So... Uh, if you want to come, and I, we we all we certainly want you to come. We uh, do. We think it would be an incredible experience. We are ourselves are just look, absolutely looking forward to it. Gonna be uh, the best one yet. Yeah, we think you're gonna have a great time. We want you to come, but we only have a limited number of spots. We do, and we are shocked at how quickly they're going. I guess we shouldn't be shocked because it's gonna be amazing, yeah. <laughs> and you all recognize that. Um, 
But if if it's in your mind that, yeah, we're going to register for that retreat, well, uh, if if next week goes like this past <laughs> week has gone, <laughs> by our next recording, we'll have a bigger announcement. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, you certainly, uh, we don't want you to miss that. So if, if it's on your mind to come, then then you probably ought to get on that. That's uh, right. IntimateCovenant.com slash retreat is where you can uh, sign up for that. Get all the information. And later this week... We're going to be heading to Tampa. Yes, we are definitely looking forward to that trip, going back to Tampa to visit with uh, friends there and to be able to hopefully meet some new friends. I think that's yeah. on the agenda as well. Um, so we're, we're very much looking forward to that and, and to being with the folks in Tampa again uh, for uh, our our uh, marriage day down there. Yeah, And we've the- got another one coming up, uh, of course, uh, as we uh, mentioned before, in Nashville on April yep. 1st. So, not a joke. Not April first. That's right. <laughs> not a joke. We'll be in Nashville, April first. Uh, IntimateCovenant.com slash Nashville. If you would like to join us there, and we very much would love to see you. Sounds great. One of our favorite things about Marriage Days is the Q and A session. I said that tongue in, tongue in cheek because <laughs> if you know me, you know that I don't really love being put on the spot with with questions. But that's okay. You don't like to be put on the spot with anything. That's but very least true. Of all, uh, <laughs> Anonymous, uh, random questions about sexual topics. That I have to answer in front of a crowd full of people. But she does a very good job with it, I will say. I I do have to say, I was... I just got a chuckle out of a lady at the DFW um, marriage day that we just had. Came up to me during the lunch, and she was like, you're really going to answer those questions? (laughs) Because we have a way in which everybody can see the questions that are being submitted anonymously. And she was kind of surprised at the questions we got. And I was like... By this point, actually not surprised. <laughs> yeah, it, we're sometimes we're a little surprised, but but not a lot surprised. Not a lot. But we're going to tackle two questions that we received at that Marriage Day event from two separate wives. Um, and I think you'll figure out how these go together as we go. So the first question comes from a wife that says, My husband's efficient slash impatient personality prevents me from mentally and physically, quote, getting there for fear that I'm taking too long. How do we strive for better? That's a great question. I appreciate certainly that this wife is striving for better. Yeah. I think isn't, I mean, that's really the reason we do what we do is to try to strive for better uh, in our relationships, uh, specifically in our uh, married relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a interesting question and an interesting perspective that this wife, at least what I'm reading uh, from this, is that the wife feels uh, so much pressure to complete the act of sex um, that there's not enough time for her to achieve orgasm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot happening in this short question um, that's kind of giving us a a little bit of an insight into this marriage. They're each of them, how they're approaching sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good question to tackle. We couldn't cover it in the marriage day there, so we're covering it now because it's going to make for a really good podcast. I think episode. it'll be an interesting this conversation. This is not a, you know individual question from the standpoint that we haven't heard this one before. And so um, there's a lot of wives out there that struggle with orgasms mm-hmm. as a whole, mm-hmm. especially this mindset of, you know, am I taking too long? Sure. And, and last year, we, we did a series of three episodes about orgasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think some of the information that, that we could reference would is kind of contained within those three episodes. And sure. we're going to um, kind of take 
take that from a different angle, I think, with, with this conversation, because I think this question comes at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But I, I do want to say from the outset that, and this is something that um, maybe is not emphasized enough, and um, maybe we don't even emphasize it enough. Uh, it's something that we've maybe talked about before, but it's it really comes from a conversation around uh, the, the passage in 1 Corinthians 7, specifically in 1 Corinthians 7, starting in verse 3, where Paul writes, the husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. And that's mm-hmm. the NIV translation. Um, you might also be familiar with the ESV um, uh, translation that, that refers to this as conjugal rights. Uh, I think the New Living Translation talks about sexual needs. Um, and the New King James even talks about this as the husband rendering to his wife the affection due her, mm. and likewise also the wife to her husband. Uh, so, the, I, you know, there's various ways that this has been translated over the years, but I, I think the it boils down to the fact that this is about a husband and a wife seeing to the sexual needs of the other and that each is responsible for uh, making that self-sacrificial effort Mm -hmm. to make sure that the, uh, the, that their spouse is taken care of uh, in a sexual way. Well, I think something we miss on the surface even is the acknowledgement that each has sexual needs. Yes. I I think uh, society and even the church has, has done a great disservice by overemphasizing the fact that husbands have sexual needs mm-hmm. and ignoring the fact that this passage speaks of husbands' sexual needs and wife's sexual needs as being equally important right. and equally necessary, and each must be acknowledged. Um, so, I don't want to overlook that, and I think that passage should overlay how we view this entire question and this yes. entire idea of orgasms and the husband orgasming and the wife having orgasm or not. Uh, I think this passage is is the foundation for how that question ought to be answered. Mm-hmm. And I also want to be very perfectly clear about, I think, what this passage means. I think what this is saying that as a husband, you have not fulfilled your, quote, duty to your wife simply by putting your penis inside her. Because sex is not just a physical act. It is a relationship. Yeah. It, sex is not just intercourse. Sex is pleasure. It's connection. It's intimacy. It's healing. It's refreshment. Mm-hmm. It's restoration. It is tenderness. It is playful. Right. Sex is a relationship. It is not just an act. And you have not fulfilled your duty just because you had a release. Well, and in the same wife... In the same way, a wife hasn't fulfilled her duty by just showing up, by just being a receptacle or just a piece of meat, just laying there and taking it. I mean, you're not fulfilling your duty in that way either. Exactly, because you're not building relationship if that's the case. It's, It's very easy for any spouse, whether it's a husband or a wife, to think that well, uh, we have sex regularly, so obviously I'm fulfilling my duty. Right, and and that's coming at sex then from, you've heard us talk about that you shouldn't have an obligation mindset Correct. with sex. And so that's coming to at sex like that 
It's just a to-do list. And that's sh- so short-sighted as Christians. Mm-hmm. That's like the same as saying that, you know, I, I'm serving God, the God of the universe. I'm serving Him as long as I show up and warm a pew on a Sunday morning. Right. And we all recognize that that's not a relationship with God. Just showing yeah. up and sitting there and, and laboring through a, a worship service once or twice a week is not service to God. It is not relationship with God. Right. And showing up and going through the motions of sex is not building relationship either. Right. And I think this passage is telling us that your obligation isn't to, quote, just have sex. Your obligation to one another is to show up and build relationship with one another through the incredible avenue that we have of sex. Exactly. So, um, to to the point of this question, a, a husband who makes no effort to satisfy his wife's sexual desire is sinning against her. Mm-hmm. In the same way that a wife who refuses to engage and grow the sexual relationship is also sinning against her husband. Yeah, now, but too often I think this passage gets weaponized against wives. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there are many husbands who also need to be confronted by their negligence and their selfishness in the sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We'll get the sermon off my chest first, okay? So, um, that that's, I, I think, again, this passage must influence how we answer this question. Um, and I think there's truth in this passage that's often neglected and right. often misunderstood and often misused. Right. So, I think that's a great place to start. I think... I think the next key component of this conversation needs to be about understanding arousal. And and this is something both a husband and a wife need to be aware of and what the process looks like for both of them and the fact that sexual arousal and tapping into desire, that looks different for men and women. I mean, Absolutely. I, I love to say to a group of women with their husbands sitting right beside them, you are not a man. <laughs> you, you were not meant to be a man. And so that means your arousal and your desire, it looks different as it should. Well, and your entire sexual experience is yeah. going to be different. You, you feel sex differently. You experience sex differently. You right. seek sex for different reasons. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not broken because you're not a man. You're exactly who you ought to be. Right. And for for one thing that's different for women than most men is that it is normal for a woman to require much more time to reach mental and then physical arousal. I mean, for a woman, her biggest sex organ is her brain. And it starts first in her brain. And there's a process that happens to bring her body in line mm-hmm. with her brain and, and the desire to be a part of the sexual pleasure together. But it's a process that takes some time. Yes, it's designed that way. I mean, you can ask God why it's designed that way, but that is the way that it is. I think it slows men down and helps them build that relationship because there's both of us aren't just getting it done very quickly sometimes, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I that maybe that's I think that's a great uh, assumption and perhaps the the truth. I mean, I'll still ask God, of course, be clear. You know, and it is also normal for a woman to require more time to reach orgasm. Yeah, right. Not just getting to the place of arousal. And by arousal, I mean your body feels 
the the tingly feelings we associate, right? Mm-hmm. And is engaged and, and eager for for the sexual play to continue, right? right. But the for then that to build to arousal that takes even more time. Um, on average, it has been said that most women it takes at least twenty minutes of being a part of sexual play before they start feeling it in their physical bodies, mm-hmm. and often an additional twenty minutes before they come to the point of orgasm. Right. So that takes some good time. It takes some time. And obviously, individual results will vary. Right. Not all of us fit into the exact you know, box that... 20 minutes, 20 minutes, check yes, mark. Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> so that, that's going to be different for everybody. And, and the circumstances and the relationship status, and there's so many other factors that play into that. But, Absolutely. But on average, all of, you know... Statistics are meaningful, at least on some level, to help us recognize what is expected. Right. And the, the truth is that it is expected that a wife is going to take longer to feel aroused in her body, and it's going to take her longer to reach orgasm mm-hmm. uh, when there is sexual uh, activity. Mm-hmm. And so, rushing that process or watching the clock uh, and all of the anxiety that is associated mm-hmm. with that is going to absolutely derail that mindset that is necessary for either spouse to really fully enjoy the the sexual play, the sexual interaction, and the connection that is occurring. I mean, if if you're a wife and you're watching the clock because you think it's taking too long, you're going to have a very difficult time moving your mind beyond the anxiety and toward the release that can occur with orgasm. Right. But on the... At the same time, if you're a husband and you're watching the clock like, oh, this is taking forever, then how are you connecting <laughs> with your spouse? You're not. You're building resentment instead of connection. Right. So th- the time element needs to go away. Yeah. Uh, sex is not a race. It, it, you can't build connection uh, while you're watching the clock. And, and frankly, if you don't have enough time at 11 p.m. to accomplish all this, then sex should be starting sooner than 11 p.m. Yeah, and you should have planned ahead. And maybe that's a wake-up call that maybe you ought to be planning ahead so that you can devote more time to this activity, more time to this time for connection, more time to help make sure that each of you is experiencing the maximum uh, kind of connection that you can, even if it's Tuesday night. It doesn't mean that you have to put you know three or four hours into this. But you could take more than 10 minutes. Right. Well, and, and that's this isn't the point of this episode, but that, again, is the beauty of scheduled sex. Mm-hmm. Because if you together decide in the morning, hey, that's going to happen tonight, well, now we have a little bit more motivation to get those little kiddos in bed yeah, a make, little sooner. Right. Make it happen. Put it on the calendar. Make sure that you are devoting enough time so that you yes. both have opportunity for pleasure and connection. Right. Now... We talked here about orgasm, but I think it's important to recognize that orgasm isn't your goal. And I know that feels like we're saying two different things, right? (laughs) It should be about orgasm. It should not be about orgasm. Which way is it, Matt and Jen? But orgasm's not the goal for either of you. Ever. Ever. And that is... That's hard to transition your mind, but you have to lose this goal-oriented mindset about sex. Because again, sex is a relationship, Mm -hmm. not just an act with an end mark. Because ultimately, orgasm without connection is really pretty meaningless. And you could have taken care of that on your own, which would still feel empty and wrong and separated and disconnected. But orgasm can occur without connection, and that's really not all that helpful to your relationship. But Mm -hmm. connection without orgasm is still a success. Connection 
regardless of who has an orgasm, whether even even if you both don't have an orgasm, if it you, is possible to have sex and neither one of you have an ab- orgasm. Absolutely, and that is still successful if you are both reaching a place of deeper connection because of what you are sharing together. Right, and so your focus in sex should always be enjoyment, pleasure, and connection, mm-hmm. not orgasm, and especially not you know letting orgasm be what defines when sex is over, whether that's for him or for her. Yeah, absolutely. If, if your sex is inevitably defined by his or his ejaculation is when sex is over then you're doing it wrong sex should be defined as over when you both have reached a state of connection that is sufficient for the opportunity that you have yeah Uh, that that that, that's challenging that's hard right that's exactly that is hard and frankly what makes it so hard is it requires conversation and communication and it requires not only conversation in the moment but conversation before and after sex uh, and outside of sex right so for this wife i would say to her that if it if orgasm is important to you and it and it ought to be and it sounds like it is right then you need to speak up because if he doesn't already know that she is not satisfied, then it's probably safe to assume that they're not talking much about their sex life as a whole. Right. Yeah, John Gottman, you know, we, we talk about John Gottman all the time, but John Gottman says that only 9%, 9% of couples who can't comfortably talk about sex with one another would say that they were uh, satisfied sexually. That's a tiny percent. So, I mean, I, that number is astounding that if you're not talking about sex, then you are very unlikely to be satisfied. And again, that's because sex is not an act. It's a relationship. That's exactly what that says to me, is that it, you cannot have meaningful sex outside of relationship. Mm-hmm. The, the, the more comfortable you are in relationship, the more comfortable you will become with these conversations and the more comfortable you will become with your sex lives and the more comfortable you will become with each other. And that is what leads to more satisfied sex is building relationship. There is no hope for improving a relationship unless you use the relationship to improve it. And what I mean by that is if if you uh, are having sexual dissatisfaction or you're having emotional disconnection, unless you're married to a mind reader, you have to communicate your concerns. You have to communicate your unmet expectations if you want to have your spouse help you improve things. Right. You have to use the relationship to improve the relationship. You can't just do it on your own. Yeah. You can't just think, well, I'm just going to change these things or just continue wishing that your spouse would know what's wrong. Right. You have to use the relationship, build the relationship in order to improve what's wrong with the relationship. Right. And, and I think that's because the truth is that, you know, your sexual relationship doesn't just happen in a bubble, right? It doesn't happen outside of the wholeness of your relationship. And so if you're having sexual problems, that's usually going to, it is going to show that there might be other problems in other areas of your relationship, right? Your sexual problems are often rooted in problems that are manifesting itself in other areas. And going back to this question, I mean, the wife says 
my husband's efficient, impatient personality prevents me from mentally and physically getting there. So my question is, well, where else is her husband's impatient personality preventing her from speaking up about her discontent? Right. It's probably not just in the sexual realm. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, where is it that his efficient personality prevents her from having a voice in this relationship? And and why? Yeah. And you have to confront that. Yeah, absolutely. Because she's going to be having reservations, continually to having reservations about their sexual relationship as long as she feels that her husband is impatient and too efficient. Right. In whatever realm that is, that's always going to bleed over into the sexual relationship. And that may be where it's manifesting right now, or right. at least in this context. But that's not the only place that her husband is impatient and efficient, in her words. Right, right. And there's those are questions that she's going to have to wrestle with. Um, but frankly, that's questions that we all have to wrestle mm-hmm. with, right? Because we're all quick to blame our spouse for our own discontent. And certainly, they usually bear some of the blame. Absolutely. But unless we're willing to own our part of the equation, then we can't expect to find anything better. Right. We have to be willing to face the reality that to get something better in our relationship is going to require something uncomfortable and sometimes even awkward on our part. Right. Some uncomfortable conversations, awkward conversations are going to have to happen if we want things to be different. Right. To get something different, we have to be willing to do and be something different than what we might normally do. And so this may mean that this wife has to just find a way to say in even that moment, no, no, I'm not done yet. Mm -hmm. Stay with me. Mm -hmm. That might seem really uncomfortable depending on the level of of comfortableness that you have with talking during sex or about sex. But, you know, outside of even the bedroom, she's going to need to let her husband know that she needs more time and more effort on his part to understand how she works. Absolutely. She, she's going to have to talk to him about how to provide pleasure for her. Right. That means that th- it's going to require lots of conversations mm-hmm. and communications um, during sex, certainly, mm-hmm. but also outside of sex. They're going to have to have some conversations about how their dynamic is working, why that this is important to her, how things could be better, what can be done uh, on his part and on her part well, to and, facilitate this. And frankly, it may even be that she needs to get comfortable showing him how to satisfy sure. her. Um, you know, I've, we've said it before, but if you're one, it doesn't matter whose hands are doing what when you're together enjoying your sexual pleasure and relationship together. Absolutely. They're going to have to have some conversations about maybe different kinds of sex or different Mm -hmm. positions that feel better for her Mm -hmm. and may help to facilitate her having orgasm. Yeah, Um, and she may need to flatly say that she would like to decide when she's done and that he's not done until she's done. (laughs) Right. But again, the end point doesn't have to be orgasm. For either of them. Right. But no one should ever leave the bed until both are satisfied with connection and pleasure. Mm-hmm. You have to know how to express to one another that you have experienced connection yes. and pleasure. Yes. So yes. if you're laying there silently with all the lights off underneath the covers, kind of hard to know. Right. Exactly. Now, on, on the other side of the coin, I, I we don't 
know a lot about this relationship no. other than the one sentence or two sentences that were provided. Sure. So I don't want to necessarily paint this husband as a villain if that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that there are weaknesses and shortcomings on both sides of this relationship. And so on the other side of the coin, it is very likely that this wife may be projecting this, quote, impatience on her husband. Mm -hmm. She may be assigning that to him in the sexual realm uh, when, in fact, he may be quite willing to provide every possible pleasure to his wife for hours at a time. He may just not be knowledgeable. Mm. Many men have very little, especially young men, um, have little to no understanding of female sexual desire. They have little to no understanding of sex, of female anatomy or how to practically provide pleasure using that kind of information. I mean, sadly, the only sexual instruction that many Christian men get is from the locker room or, for, or from pornography. And that is not truth and reality. E- exactly. So it, he may not even know that his wife has sexual desire, depending mm-hmm. on how he grew up, what he was taught. He may not even recognize that it's important to her. Uh, he may not even recognize that it's something that women actually need because maybe she's never verbalized it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she may be so shame-filled that uh, she's not given adequate feedback, whether it's in or out of the bedroom. She may right. not be communicating that to him. Uh, or you know, he may have his own sexual past, his own sexual shame that is keeping him from being comfortable to take the time to understand and discuss his wife's sexuality. He doesn't know what to do with his own sexuality. So maybe that's inhibiting him. He's uncomfortable spending that extra time learning or being in that moment. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that could be going on here. Mm -hmm. But I would say maybe our experience is different. But certainly I think there are some exceptions where the husband is truly a bad, selfish guy. Absolutely. There certainly are those exceptions. I would say that the vast majority of husbands that we encounter, those husbands desperately want their wives to enjoy sex more. Right. I would say that there are many, maybe even most husbands obsess about it. (laughs) I mean, they obsess about whether their wife is enjoying sex to the point that they attach their own sexual worth as a husband to how much their wife is enjoying sex. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, interestingly, leads us to the second question we want to cover, because we almost always simultaneously receive these two kind of questions. Friends, we appreciate you. We are thankful for your continued support and encouragement. Your downloads, your ratings, your reviews are so deeply touching. It means the world to us when you reach out with words of encouragement through your emails, social media posts, and especially those hugs when we get to meet some of you in person. It is encouraging to know that our work with this podcast and other projects are benefiting you. If the podcast has been a blessing to you and to your marriage, We would humbly ask that you consider supporting us at Patreon. Your monthly gift, as little as $5, would go a long way to helping us continue to produce this podcast and fund the many other plans that we have for the future to continue to help spread God's plan for marriage and holy sexuality. 
For more information and to support Intimate Covenant, go to patreon.com slash intimate covenant. We'd be honored for you to join us in this important work. Let's do it. And so the second question that we receive from another wife states, it feels like my husband only feels satisfied with our sex if I orgasm. But sometimes I don't feel like orgasming, but still want to please him. Thoughts? Interesting. Right. Which sounds like on the surface, it sounds like this question is the exact opposite mm. of the problems that we're describing in this previous couple. And, right. And I, on the surface, it is. It is the opposite. One, one is not having enough orgasm. One is worried that she's having plenty, but right. is the, being demanded. The one wife, if this was a conversation of wives sitting in a circle... One wife would be like, well, my husband never gives me an orgasm. Well, my husband expects me to have orgasms all the time, you know? So, <laughs> right. yeah, you can hear this going back and forth. And so, so what do we do with both these questions? Well, I think there's more similarities to these questions than we think, because it appears to be a husband in the second question here. This appears to be a husband who's obsessed with their sexual relationship to the point that he's obsessed with his wife's orgasm. And so he seems to be signaling to her, whether it's intentional or not, that he's disappointed when her performance, with when she doesn't reach orgasm. Yeah, so one place I think, though, where this problem is similar to the, the couple that we just talked about mm-hmm. is that in each case, I think there is an attachment to the wrong indicator of sexual success. Mm-hmm. And there is also this, I think similarly to that, there is an improper understanding of the true purpose of sex, right? In this previous question, the attachment is to his release as the goal or as the endpoint of sex, right? When he's right. done, then sex is done. And so this wife is not having enough time to reach orgasm herself. In the second question... The attachment seems to be to her release as the goal or as the endpoint of sex, right? So in in both situations, it doesn't feel like mutual connection is the purpose of their sex with the first couple or the second couple. Now, they have different manifestations of that problem. One is an obsession with not allowing her to finish, and one is an obsession with making sure that she, she has orgasm. And so... In both situations, though, they're not striving for mutual connection with sex. Right. And I think that's why, in both situations, the wives are dissatisfied. Right. And and I think also, in both situations, these husbands don't seem to have a good understanding about the meaning of sex for the wife. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, a common thread here. Um, you know, it's very likely that that even the second husband is well-intended. You know, certainly it might be better for him to want her to have more orgasms than fewer, right? That 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 seems like an improvement. Yes, and and that's a noble cause. That is a noble thing to want to to do. Uh, That certainly on the surface seems very self-sacrificial. Right. But but I think he's attached too much significance to her orgasm. Right. She does not need orgasm like he does to be able to fully enjoy the sexual experience. And that's something he may not understand. In fact, I think most men 
don't get this. Because this is just foreign to men and how they experience and value sex. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, even speaking personally, as a young man, I had no idea what sex meant to a woman because I only understood sex from my perspective, Mm -hmm. which was very male, very masculine. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it takes some time and effort on my part as a husband to recognize that my experience is not what defines what sex is. But sex needs to be defined in light of also how my wife is experiencing this yes. and how my wife receives pleasure and satisfaction uh, and how she receives relationship from sex. Right. And so it is hard for most men to understand what an orgasm actually means to most women. And again, it goes back to the fact that a woman is very capable of experiencing great pleasure Outside of a, quote, end point of orgasm. That is not as familiar with most men. No, absolutely. That's a very foreign concept to most men. That doesn't come naturally to us. We we have a hard time seeing outside of ourselves. And for many men, sex is so important that that is how we define and even orgasm is so important, is such an important part of sex for a man that that is how we define or we, we tend to project that on our wives. Right. When that's not necessarily how they are experiencing it. Right. I think the husband and the other couple didn't place enough value on his wife's experience. But I think this husband simply doesn't maybe even understand what his wife's experience is. And so he's pushing, putting value on the wrong thing. Exactly. If, if she is satisfied with her number of orgasms, then he needs to let go of this as some kind of marker of success, especially success on his part. Right. Frankly, let her orgasms be her orgasms. Mm-hmm. He needs to focus more on creating connection than just creating, you know, a, a, her body's ability to have a response. Yeah, right. I mean, recognize if that. Yeah, if he's ju- if he's not focusing on connection, then the whole experience just becomes him trying to create this physiologic response and that yeah. That physiologic response of orgasm says nothing about whether they've created connection or not. Right. So instead of focusing on counting her orgasms, start focusing on conversation, eye contact, prayer, intimate conversations, all of these things that are are doing a much better job of creating the actual connection. Mm-hmm. Now, That said, she can help him feel much more content with this new marker of success by expressing her sexual pleasure. Even when she's not orgasming, she needs to be able to express sexual pleasure. And she can do that by offering words of praise, gratitude, reassurance. Right, right. His his overemphasis on her orgasms, uh, it may be coming from a place of anxiety that she... That, that maybe he feels like she doesn't value their sexual relationship. Right. That might be the only place where he feels like, aha, yes, she's here. She likes this too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if we're saying back off on paying attention to that, well, that also means we're saying to her, start maybe perhaps being more vocal in expressing your desire for sexual relationship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to trying to view this husband, at least from the most positive point of view is that he is trying to be a good provider. He's trying to make sure that his wife is fully provided for in this 
in the sexual arena. And in, in his mind, sex is a primary place of need, right? I mean, that's the way men view sex. That's probably not the truth for her, or may not necessarily be the truth for her, but that is how it is in his mind. And so he's trying to provide orgasm because that's the easiest way to measure whether someone is satisfied with a sexual relationship. Right. I we, mean, we un- unless, right, unless she's faking the orgasm, um, <laughs> which she could be. Well, and again, but I- that, that seems to be an obvious, like, oh, yes, there's a marker of that that didn't require any words. Well, so what we're striving at is is putting the emphasis more on the relationship and the words that are shared. Well, right. And I, I think this a husband needs to recognize that, again, orgasm is simply a physiologic response. There are plenty of machines or even herself that could help her achieve orgasm. What makes sex special with you is the fact that it is with you. Right. And if she's having sex and not feeling connected to you, it doesn't matter how many orgasms that she has. Right. So you need to provide connection. Right. That is that is your job as a husband. That is your job as a provider. Uh, th- this husband and all husbands need to learn to see all of the other more subtle ways to measure sexual and emotional success. That means looking and feeling and sensing and being attuned to your level of closeness. It means providing and and promoting intimate conversation, and it means being sure that there is mutual pleasure in the sexual experience. And that may or may not include orgasm. Right. Now, she can help greatly. Of course. By telling him how often that, you know, telling him often that he is a great lover, that she does enjoy feeling close to him when they make love. You know, wives need to do a better job of using their words Mm -hmm. to assure their husbands that they are sexually attuned. Well, and not even always necessarily words, but using body language and even nonverbal communication right. inside during sex, uh, surrounding sex, uh, all of those things. Absolutely. Uh, she, she can help to assure him. I mean, I frequently say, come to the party. Yeah. And you know... Like when I'm saying come to the party, I'm not be- meaning be the wallflower at the party. I mean, be that one in the center of the party's attention. Right? Put a lampshade on your head and get crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. You know, let your husbands know that sex is important to you. Mm-hmm. And a one big way that you do this is by, like you were saying, Matt, being there physically, but also initiating, engaging in conversations about sexual topics. Many women are wanting and happy to talk about anything and everything with their husbands until it comes to sex. And I know this because I used to be this wife. (laughs) I would talk about everything, but the minute it was time to have the sexual conversation, oh no, I, I can't really talk about that. Well, all that said was I didn't value that part of our relationship. Right. But our whole relationship got better when I started talking with you yeah. about sex. G- give him something else to measure, I think is maybe how I would summarize all this. But yeah. other ways you can do that is make flirty comments. Yeah. Make, uh, send sexy text messages. You know, you can use words and even humor 
to make the point that, yes, I am interested in sex. I am interested in you. I am satisfied with our sexual life. Right. Uh, and, and, and even initiate sex once in a while. We talk a lot about pursuers and responders. But, you know, the truth is both of you do have the burden and the joy of initiating yes. with one another. Right. And so everybody should be initiating sex once in a while. And take that time to make that special effort both mentally and physically, to even reach orgasm. Again, wives, recognize that sometimes you have no idea what your body is going to actually want and be able to do until you fully engage and come to the party. And so you might be 30 minutes into the party and then realize, oh. Yeah. So take the time. Give yourself time to warm up and then decide. Right. Don't don't decide ahead of time that you're just too tired today. Exactly. And recognize That when orgasm happens for one or both of you, it is for the benefit of your relationship. Absolutely. And so is orgasm important? Yes. (laughs) Is orgasm the end-all, be-all? No. No. Because sex is the relationship. So you need to end your sexual encounters by having pleasure. And you better make sure you know whether or not your spouse had pleasure. Because until you know... Your spouse experienced pleasure and feels a stronger and deeper sense of connection to you. Sex should not be done. Correct. Correct. All right, Matt. Give us our wrap-up. Each spouse is responsible to see to the sexual desires and the needs of the other without selfishness, without resentment, and without apathy. That said, orgasm is not the only or even the most important indicator of sexual success. Rather, connection and mutual pleasure should be the focus of your sex. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about the meaning and purpose of sex in your marriage. Is orgasm over or underemphasized in your sexual relationship? Thanks for subscribing, rating, and sharing the podcast. Thank you so much for all of your encouragement and for all of your support. Thank you, Patreon subscribers, for coming alongside us in a very meaningful way. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.